Hail you nostalgic mama's boys. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Season 5, Episode 28, Girls on the Side. Yep, a lot of those. All right. That's true. <laughs> hey, Kendra, uh, happy happy belated Valentine's Day. Did you oh, have a nice... yes, and to you. Nice Valentine's. Did you do anything fun? Uh, we didn't get to do anything. You know, we didn't get to go do anything, but my husband oh. got me flowers and a card. Classic. So, okay. Yeah. How about you? Yes, we went out. We went out and saw licorice pizza, and uh, I got a patty melt at Denny's. Ooh. Because you can get any burger there beyond, Kendra. <laughs> and so it's like being in the late 90s again. I loved it. <laughs> Um, and you didn't like licorice pizza. I think, well, I think if I would have gone in knowing that it was like more a series of vignettes, you know, Mm -hmm. if it was, I I think I just wasn't prepared for the style. And by the time I figured it out, I think I was a little past it. Mm -hmm. That's that's on me. I went in being like, well, I have to see this for the Oscars. And I left being like, I loved that. That's great. What a twist. Yeah, I know. What a twist that was. The soundtrack featured both Sonny and Cher and Paul McCartney and Wings. So, Ooh. you know, pretty good stuff. Yes, it was, it was a good soundtrack. I did enjoy mm-hmm. the music. All right. Well, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired May 3rd, 1995. One birthday to mention, May 4th, Shamik Moore, the voice of Miles Morales, Spider-Man in the Academy, oh my goodness, Academy Award-winning movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and its sequels, was born. Yes. <laughs> that was a run-on sentence. It was, was a, it? I mean, it felt run-on. I think Grammatically, it, grammatically I don't think it's it was. Fine. Yeah, so, it's fine. Okay. Movies on May 6th. We got French Kiss with Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein. I liked that movie. Did you remember that movie? I you have not it? seen this movie. Okay. Kevin Klein is like trying to smuggle. He's trying to smuggle a little like grapevine over some border so he can start his own vineyard. And he plops it into Meg Ryan's bag because they're like, they're never going to search Meg Ryan. And then, you know, romance and hilarity <laughs> ensue. Ensues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sounds like a Meg Ryan movie. And May 7th, Jurassic Park made its broadcast debut on NBC. That used to be a thing. Do you, Are you young enough? I mean, are you too yeah. young to remember? No, when no, no. Like, this I... going to be on TV. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do remember that. You do that. remember. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there is a new, as of recording, there's a new Jurassic Park movie coming out. Jurassic World Dominion. On the horizon. The tra- yeah. The trailer just dropped. And I think my husband has watched the trailer. I think 50 is probably a mild estimate. How many Can I tell you, there is, there is no number you could have said <laughs> that would have surprised me. You could have been like 3,500 times. And I would have been like, wow, it must have been a slow weekend. The man <laughs> loves Jurassic Park. And you can go back. He's like, he's back. like, yeah, he's like, you know, rewinding, pausing, looking yeah. at frame oh, by yeah. frame. So. Yeah. 
He's very and excited. I believe he was on like right back here in our feed. You can go back to this nostalgia me this era. And you guys did a Jurassic Park episode we with did. Eric. Yes. So you can you can hear it all right yeah. there. Good stuff. TV on May 6th, Freaky Friday, starring Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman, aired on ABC Family. This made-for-TV movie is a remake of the 1976 film. I think Jodie Foster was in the original, but oh. I feel like I've seen the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan one. That's the more. only one I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> and May 7th, after a television movie and 193 episodes, Matlock aired its final episode. Kendra, let me tell you something that I think may surprise you. I have never seen a single episode of Matlock. That really does surprise me. Doesn't actually. it seem like I'd be like, oh, Matlock doesn't really get good until season four when... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I... I couldn't tell you a thing about that. What's it about? I have no idea. It's Andy Griffith, and he's like... Is it? I, a lawyer. I, I'm pretty sure that's how little I know about Matlock. I think he's a lawyer. <laughs> But it's Andy Griffith. I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't it's, know it's that. Like an older Andy Griffith. Love yeah. Andy Griffith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've not really seen the Andy Griffith show either. Like I've seen a smattering oh, I've of seen episodes. The t- a ton of the this Andy was like Griffith you show. Your grandpa was it? Your grandpa? Like yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. My grandparents watched it a lot, but yeah. I feel like we. I I don't know if we were just like nostalgic for it even then, but we I feel like we just watched it a lot even at our yeah. own house. So. I always enjoy it when I see it. I've just never like sat down and committed to I'm going to watch this show. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's look at some of the best-selling books of May seventh, nineteen ninety-five. You got to have a Grisham in there, so let's get that out of the way. The Rainmaker by John Grisham. Grisham at the moment, uh, one of his pandemic projects was novellas and he's never he has one collection i think one one collection of short stories but he's never written like the novella length before so hmm. his books are it, already not that some... long right that's true that's i mean true. they're not crazy long um, well, but i feel like it the... would be harder to get shorter i think yeah the the 90s output was pretty chunky his more mm-hmm. recent stuff is not as long um yeah novellas is, is kind of a weird but he's been doing weird things i feel like he's getting bored because he's been doing these uh like camino islands camino winds which are a little bit more heisty than uh than a typical like legal thing yeah, so if right. you like john grisham you can go back and read the rainmaker yeah or you can look out for his short stories i don't remember what podcast i'm on is this the library <laughs> podcast or are we i mean i'd be fine doing a book podcast okay. at okay. any at any point I'll, I'll put you on the list uh ladder of years by ann tyler yeah, I'm so-so on Ann Tyler. I I've read, I've read like, any Ann Tyler. I've read like Clock Dance and, um, oh, what's her fame? Like Patchwork Patchwork Planet? Don't add me. Okay, I well, I've heard of that. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe we did that as a book club together at the library. No, I've never read Patchwork Planet. Fine. I mean, maybe you did it without me, but. Beginner's Goodbye is also a weird Ann Tyler book. Hmm. But I haven't read Ladder of the Years. Star Wars Children of the Jedi by Barbara Hambly. I have read this. Not a not, not a big good. fan of the she Barbara Hambly tends to go a little bit more she really plays out the fantasy sides mm. of Star Wars and I don't think well. Mm. So, but this was a bestseller in 95, so, you know. <laughs> I've only read I want to say like 3 Star Wars books. I don't know why because I love Star Wars yeah. with all my heart. So you would think that I would want to read it, but I don't. I do. I, I do just want to watch that. it. Phenomenal Women by Maya Angelou. Sure. And Couplehood by Paul Reiser. Well, you know I've read that, Kendra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. 
I will. This is like a, a found in the wild one. Lisa Rena, who played Taylor McBride for 66 episodes of Melrose Place and not the good episode of Melrose Place. Uh, <laughs> she made a cameo in the 2022 Apple series, The Shrink Next Door, when Paul Rudd's character is anxious to get a picture taken with her. Uh, this is on my list of shows to watch. Uh, I watched the first episode of it and enjoyed it, enjoyed the performances, but I was like, this is a show that's going to make me real sad. So I don't. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I haven't watched yeah. it yet. I just, uh, I don't know. If yeah. I'm ready I don't, I don't think, I don't think I need that in my life right now. I just watched all of in one day. I watched the woman in the house across the street from oh. the girl in the window, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is what it's. Chris, it's Kristen Bell, right? Kristen Bell. Yeah. And I loved it. Okay. I thought it was great. Apparently people aren't liking it, but I, th oh. I thought it was great. I mean, so. while we're doing this, Kendra, I'll tell you, I've been watching 1883. Oh, it's, uh, I haven't seen Tim any McGraw. Of... Yes, it is with Tim McGraw. I haven't seen any of Yellowstone. Like everybody's no. raving about Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, and at the library where I work, we have all the DVDs. They're always checked out. Um, but I love a good Western. 1883 is on. This is a weird thing where 1883 is a prequel to Yellowstone, but I'm pretty sure Yellowstone is on Peacock, whereas 1883 is on Paramount Plus along with 90210. So I've been watching oh, that and, and yeah. I'm into it. I'm into mm. it. I like it. Mm. Well, I like Tim McGraw, so. Okay. He's, we'll he is actually pretty good in it. Yeah. When I heard who it was, I was like, well, that seems lame, but. What? He's been in I lots know. of stuff. What? Friday oh, Night he? Lights. Tim McGraw's in Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Who does he's he play? In, he's in a football something. Well, now I've got to look. He's in a he's in <laughs> a football movie. I don't. Oh, the movie. Yeah, maybe he's in the movie. I don't know. I I'm take all to... the time you want. You're in. Yeah, he's in part. Friday Night Lights, the movie. Hmm. I was right. The Friday Night Lights. The he's no also in about. the movie The Shack. Oh, well, that makes sense. And apparently, he's in The Blind Side. Oh, he's in Four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon and Oh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. He's Vince Vaughn's dad in that movie. His dad. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for that. Tim McGraw. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry about it at all. All right. Let's look at our synopsis for Girls on the Side. When Kelly's 17 cover hits the stands, it causes a lot of mixed emotions for Kelly. She seeks out Allison. Her... <laughs> 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 oh, thought I was going to keep going. She seeks out Allison, her friend from the night of the fire, and is hit with a surprise. Meanwhile, Ray rolls back into town for a return engagement at the Peach Pit. The loose lips sinks relationships when a boozy Luann spills the beans about Ray and Valerie to David and Claire. Elsewhere, Jesse and Andrea contemplate a move to Idaho, and Charlie suggests a three-way with Dylan and Valerie. I mean, that's pretty much all that happens with that plot. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, more or less. It's gross. I, I agree. <laughs> All right. Who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode is written by Meredith Stein and directed by Victor Lobel. Uh, several recurring players here. Anne Gillespie is back as Jackie Taylor. I always like her. Every time she shows up, I'm like, yeah, I like her. You don't actually see her though, right? Oh, no. Yes, you, you do. do. Yes, you yeah, do. Yeah, there's a little. I thought scene. maybe she was just on the phone, but you yeah. do see her. Uh, Jeffrey King, of course, back as Charlie, looking for a little action, a little three-way action. <laughs> uh, Sarah Melson is back as Allison. And, of course, Carolyn McWilliams 
Of a course. Pickled, a pickled <laughs> Carolyn McWilliams is back as Luann Pruitt. Yep. Final appearance of Kristen Miha as Dana. So this is, I want to say, five times we've seen this actress. She was first one of the hippie ladies in uh, The Time Has Come Today oh. and has played Dana in all her subsequent appearances. She's kind of dressed like a hippie in this episode. You're right. She is. One new recurring player, and that's Layla Bias Galloway as the nurse. So she plays the nurse here, and once more later in the season, we'll see her again. She also appeared in Melrose Place and did episodes of Dallas and Cannon. Uh, this is kind of interesting. So we have, I don't think this has ever happened before, but as Kate, so Dana's new girlfriend, Kate, is played by Karen Rosen. Karen Rosen has written 16 episodes oh, yeah. of 90210 between uh, season one and five. Her last one was the um, the one with Steve where Rush sells the uh, peach pit. I can't remember what that one's called. Mm-hmm. Injustice for All. Injustice for All. Wow. I never, ever would have remembered that. <laughs> so she wrote, uh, she wrote 16 episodes. Uh, her husband is Charles Rosen, who's the executive producer of the show. And she's appeared in a few other things here and there. Uh, It's a bit of a family affair today because two of the extras in it, one is played by Lindsay Rosen. She is credited as girl, but this is the third time she's played a girl on Beverly Hills 90210. So I guess technically she's a recurring, Um, but she went on to serve as a staff writer and eventually the executive story editor for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Hmm. I couldn't find confirmation about this, but I assume this is a daughter. I would assume. And then also we have Maxine Rosen also playing playing a girl. So lots of Rosens are, here today. Uh, are one of these girls the package delivery girl at the beginning of the episode? Oh, maybe. We just like, I thought that something was going to happen with her. I don't yeah. know why. Just the way they shot it. I was like, I is agree this a prominent you. person? So it, I bet it was. Mm. I bet it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the movie Licorice Pizza, the entire yes. Haim family is in that yeah that's like cool all the sisters and that's the mom and happens. dad were actually yep. their real mom and dad so uh aziz ansari's real parents play his real parents on uh masters of none oh really? which is which is pretty funny that is funny all right well should we get into the episode yes we should hey before we do that though can we briefly talk about the cut scene from last week oh yes let's do that when we were tweeting out the episode uh, squash it I was trying to find a a clip of the things that Jamie Walters actually sings. And I found one. And within that is a whole scene with Donna and David, which is pretty crucial. Like I know all of our questions about where did he get this tape? Yes. Are answered. Yes. He's he's like, Hey, I brought the tape. I showed it to her. It kind of got me back into music. They have a whole conversation about Donna and Ray's relationship. It's, you really missed it. Like I, I, I wasn't like, oh, there's a scene that's missing. But like watching it, it really kind of helped smooth out the things that we thought were rocky about that episode. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, it's on our Facebook and our Twitter page. So you can go watch that. So not only do you get to hear <laughs> Jamie Walters actually perform as Ray, but there's a whole scene that really kind of fleshes out this weird period of the Donna David relationship. So actually, go watch it. He actually really does have a good voice. He does. He's good. Like I feel like we haven't really heard him sing at all. So yeah. Um, he does have a good voice. That's good to yeah. know. <laughs> That's yeah. helpful. It's just such a crazy thing that they're like, well, we'll just cut out the whole scene. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah, I feel, anyway. I feel like maybe they could have done some music replacement there. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you don't I really mean, see him sing. I don't know. You know, you don't, but I wondered if maybe it's just they only had one audio track. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't like Ray's stuff yeah. is one and they're on one. Maybe it was all one and they didn't have masters for it. I don't know. But yeah, it wasn't 
it was weird to miss it. Mm. All right. Well, now let's get yes. into our current yes. episode, Girls on the Side. We start at Kelly Donna Claire's. Donna is sunbathing um, on their porch. And <laughs> Kelly comes out and tells her she's, you know, have you ever heard of melanoma? Like, it's too sunny for sunbathing. Donna then says she's going to go for a dip in the ocean and tries to get Kelly to come with her, but Kelly does not want to go. Donna makes a not very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not very. Actful. Yeah. Comment about like, why are you still wearing a bandage on your arm? Do you, do you, like, hasn't it healed? Yeah. And Kelly's like, I don't want to swim, Donna. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but you know, I I took note of that because in last episode I was like, why is she wearing that hand brace? Still? Yeah, you know, yeah. and so it's kind Which, of explained in this way, episode. But I like that they call this it out. bandage she's wearing looks like a fashion accessory you would buy at Hot Topic. Like it's <laughs> not, it just like slips over her hand and around yeah. her thumb. Yeah, it's there's no bandage really. It's no. just like a cover. For this no, one but, little section of her hand and arm. But I think that's because it's a little bit more like psychosomatic. She's yeah. like, I have to have this on my hand. You know, I don't think it's actually doing anything. So, well, it's definitely not doing, <laughs> really, doing sure. anything. Yeah. So, so they both go inside because uh, the, the doorbell rang and a girl who is maybe a Rosen girl. Maybe, maybe a Rosen girl. <laughs> delivers this package to Kelly uh, she doesn't know what it is, opens it up, and it is a framed picture of the cover of Seventeen Magazine with Kelly yeah, on yeah. the cover, which I'm picture. glad we're back to this because it felt like we just dropped it totally. Entirely, yeah. Um, so it's kind of nice to go back to it and, you know, cue the kind of sad music because Kelly yeah. is not... Uh, it's bringing up some stuff. She's not happy. After the intro, we see Ray. He's on the road driving his beat up truck. I don't know how that truck has made it around, uh, you know, all the places he's gone, but it has. Mm -hmm. He arrives home and Luann, you know, hugs. She missed him so much. He tells her that Donna didn't convince him to come home. She's like, well, who did convince you to come home? And they talk about Valerie coming up there to get him. And he says, you know, I'm here. I'm starting at the Peach Pit again tomorrow mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. Back at the Peach Pit. I don't know pit. why he felt the need to tell Luann that Valerie came, but he did. They yeah. have kind of a weird relationship. Tells her too much. He I does. Yeah, they're very open about their sexuality with each yeah. other. <laughs> Luann wants to come see him play. Should be fine. And Should be fine. So he uh, invites her. Great. The next night. Great. They hear Donna pull up in her car and he tells Luann, Donna doesn't know that Valerie came to Reno, mm -hmm. so don't tell her. Keep that under your hat. Yep. Hugs and kisses from Donna. Say hello, hi to Luann. And then she and Ray lay down in the grass right in the yard and yep. make out. So great. Beautiful. There's a lot of hairstyles for donna in this episode and there were a lot of hairstyles for i donna. didn't yeah. particularly like any of them agreed I don't, I don't know yeah agreed i think it's i don't know i think i would want her to go longer with her hair again yeah but. yeah i'd be down for that at the walsh house brandon is the next day going to a student body president conference meeting thing in sacramento so they're having like a dinner 
for before he goes. A little, a little going away party. Yeah, so yeah. Steve's there, Kelly's there. I didn't, I mean, it, it doesn't, I, I don't really understand this plot. I guess it's just like we need something for Brandon to do. Yeah. I thought it was going to have some kind of bearing on what was going on, but it no. really didn't seem to. Not really. Steve doesn't understand why they have to go to Sacramento for this meeting. And yeah. Brandon's like, well, it has to be because that's the capital of California. <laughs> Steve didn't know, apparently. Didn't. He wasn't aware. No. <laughs> Cindy is so excited. She walks in the door. She's got the magazine with Kelly's face on it. She's so yeah. excited. Yeah. You know, everyone is really excited for Kelly. But, you know, she's been getting lots of calls from agents and magazines but she says that it's too late because once they see that she has scars, they're not going to want her That'll be that. to model. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but whatever makeup they're doing for the scars, it's, you really can't see it at all. No, you can't. It's, you can't. It, if she didn't tell you she had a scar on her neck, you wouldn't be able to yeah, see it. Yeah. It is. It's kind of strange because it's, it's such a plot point. And it's not really like the other people are like, what are you talking about? They're like, we can cover it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like everybody's kind of acknowledging, yes, you have this big, weird scar. And later when you see her hand and everything, it's just like, there's nothing. No, there's nothing. Nothing. There. So. <laughs> and in other episodes, like it has been red and, it has. you know, yeah. like a, a burn scar. Like a scar. Yeah. But not in this episode Mm-mm. where it counted. Um. So, yeah, Steve says they could cover it up with makeup, but, you know, Kelly, she leaves the room. She She's sad. She doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Brandon says that, you know, in her mind, she's never going to look like that again. So mm. it's been hard for her to see the cover. Steve wishes what's, there was something he could do. What's kind of funny about it, too, is that even the cover of the Seventeen magazine, she's basically in profile. So, like it wouldn't change anything if she took the same picture right now. You yeah. couldn't even see that side of her face. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird if they're going to make this such a big deal for her and have the other characters acknowledge that it is in fact a thing to have the picture hide that part of her face anyway, and then have it be invisible to the human eye. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. Okay. So Brandon goes to find Kelly outside and, uh, talks dirty to her for a couple minutes and great timing yeah great timing. well it seems to cheer her up i guess yeah (laughs) at the peach pit dylan wait sorry is this where steve is like feeling guilty about it and brandon's like hey you didn't start the fire yes yeah i mean he kind of did that's all i'm saying like brandon said that i was like i mean not not his fault (laughs) he wasn't like playing with matches around a bunch of old newspapers but like (laughs) it is kind of his fault legally and in all ways <laughs> <laughs> legally and in all ways and in all ways yeah at the peach pit dylan is and charlie are working on the screenplay it but... sounds like a great movie i can't wait to see it <laughs> dylan <can't> is wait <laughs> dylan is very distracted by kelly's uh cover yeah the magazine he can't stop looking at it mm Valerie comes over and asks to join the group, sits down next to Charlie, who I think has a shot with her. Like, he thinks he has a shot with her. Yeah. (laughs) How much older than her do you think he is? I don't know. He looks a lot older. He does look like parent age, but, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. Dylan makes a comment that, you know, when did this movie become a porno? 
And Charlie's like, it's not a porno. There's just a threesome. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's an allusion to this movie called Jules and Jim, which was a part of the French New Wave, apparently. Of course. And Valerie has done a paper on this movie back at SUNY Buffalo. Hey! (laughs) It's about uh, a woman who's in love with two men equally. Oh. So what else can you do in that situation? You have to have a (laughs) three-way. So Charlie suggests that the three of them watch it that night. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. That's a great idea. Nat comes over and wants the magazine back from dylan and makes a comment about like wow look at kelly and when he walks away valerie's like yeah you can work miracles with an airbrush yeah dylan's response is just, he doesn't say anything but just the look on his face was hilarious to me because <laughs> he was just like how dare you <laughs> really funny can i also like and not to harp on this picture but like it is just a real close-up shot of her face like it's not like a sexy picture no. or a particularly like good or interesting picture of her no. And it, the way it everybody... looks like, yeah, normal Kelly. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Looking right. at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I didn't really get it. Like, the way, again, the way people react to it makes it seems like it's a much more like alluring or like enticing picture. And it's I know. just like I wish Kelly they getting had her like, mail. I don't know. I wish they had like vavoomed her up more yeah. for the cover or given the, or made the scars more noticeable now. I, I right. just think like one of them needed to yes. happen. Yes. Yeah, it is such a tight close-up of her face, too. Yeah. It's just a strange... Yeah. I don't know. I don't work for Seventeen Magazine. <laughs> the gang arrives at the Peach Pit after dark, and Ray asks David how his mom is, because he was there for mm-hmm. all of that. So uh, he and David seem to be on good terms now, and they say, hey, we should go on a double date. <laughs> great idea. Yeah. Super great idea. Back in the peach pit, Charlie and Dylan are discussing. Charlie wants to do this big stunt, and D- Dylan says they can't afford that. Um, and then Donna runs into Valerie and thanks her for convincing Ray to come back. Very persuasive, Valerie. Yeah. Valerie says, hey, I'm glad he's back, too. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> At Kelly Donna Claire's, Kelly gets a call from an agent who she tells, you know, this was a one-off thing. Just once. Then she immediately calls her mom and says, you better not have given my phone number to an agent. The gang brings home a bunch of food and offers some to Kelly, but she just goes to her room. She is sad. She has a flashback of the fire and mm-hmm. uh, being in the bathroom with Allison and then she picks up the framed picture of the 17 cover and throws it against the wall. And Whiffs it across the room. Glass everywhere. Yep. Poor sad Kelly. At Jesse and Andrea's, Jesse is feeding Hannah when they get a phone call. It's been a while since we've seen Jesse, too, because he hasn't been in the mm-hmm. last two episodes. So the last time we saw them was like outside of the courtroom where they're yeah. like, our marriage is fixed now. <laughs> yeah. So he's back. He gets a call from Judge Jimenez, who mm-hmm. offers him the job in Boise. Yeah. To Boise. And hey, he start, I, he'll start a month from that day if he accepts the job. I know that Boise is in Idaho, but it's worth noting that Boise still is a pretty major city. You know what I mean? Like, I, I 
I'm pretty sure you could have a med school within driving distance of Boise is all I'm saying. I wrote I wrote a comment about it later when we okay. when we get there. I did. <laughs> uh, okay, Jackie and Steve get Kelly to come to lunch and kind of corner her and try and convince her to meet this agent. She says that she knows how it'll go. He'll he'll see the scars and be like, oh, sorry, kid. Not going to work. Mm-hmm. But they convince her, convince her, and finally she agrees. And Steve's like, all right, well, let's go. He's right upstairs yeah. from the building they're at. So yep. up the stairs they go. I don't, I, I mean, on the one hand, I don't know why they're so into this, but it also is very on point for both Jackie and Steve to be like, well, I, I smell so- fame. <laughs> For Jackie, I think it makes sense. She's always wanted Kelly to be a model. And I think Steve is just trying to help her get her confidence back and get over this hump. At Ray's and Luann's house, Ray is playing guitar. Luann comes out all dressed up for the Peach Pit After Dark and asks, what do you think? And Ray is not impressed with what she's wearing. Yeah. It's which it's not bad. I mean, it's like a flowy skirt and a flowy top and right. fun, I mean, it's, bright yeah, it's colors. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. But I also feel like she has to have like jeans and a and a fun top. I think she's she just seems tra- like jeans and a fun top kind of person. She so. sure does. She <laughs> sure does. I think she's just trying to like class it up and it's just not quite working for her yeah ray notices that she has a drink in her hand which she says is grapefruit juice but then she Mm. admits it is grapefruit juice with a splash of something else yeah it was it was grapefruit juice a long time ago no it's (laughs) She, she said you know you were on the road i had to have something to keep me company and she tells him don't confuse parental concern with intoxication she's yeah. just worried about his show after kelly and steve see the agent kelly is like wow that was great he was so nice he said my scars were barely noticeable mm-hmm. she had a good time talking to this guy and they stop at a newsstand and some girls run up to kelly and you know recognize her on the magazine which is mm-hmm. cute mm-hmm. and then kelly looks down the street and sees dana sitting at a table dana was allison's girlfriend you remember i do so she uh goes to talk to dana and dana is very cold to her very clearly upset with her yeah and the person she's sitting with which we don't learn her name just yet but um she obviously knows who kelly is Mm -hmm. she asks about allison but dana's like you know what do you care kind of thing and they get up and go away. And Dana's friend calls her Barbie as they mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. So this makes Kelly feel like, you know, it's probably been too long since she saw Allison and she yeah. should have gone to see her. That's why she thinks that Dana is ups- is upset because she mm-hmm. didn't go see Allison mm-hmm. more often. At the Peach Pit After Dark, um, whatever music they're playing, it felt like no scrubs. Uh, by TLC okay. so I was wondering if that was the music replacement there oh it could be yeah um, Ray is really stressed about his mom who is at the bar drinking a lot yeah, yeah. so he says that to Donna Donna then goes to talk to Valerie and is like oh, I, like I don't want to kick her out I don't want to make her feel bad but also like she's really stressing Ray out and Valerie's like I got this I'll handle it so she cuts Luann off 
which Luann does not appreciate. She calls mm-hmm. Valerie a viper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you send Valerie? That's the thing I don't understand. Like, yeah, yeah you know who's really subtle and good with people? <laughs> Valerie. Send her. Luann calls Donna over to try and get Valerie off her back, but Donna then is like, maybe you should go home, Luann. You don't want Ray to see you like this. Mm-hmm. So she goes to get Claire and David to have them take Luann home. Luann then calls Valerie a bossy little tramp. Claire and David uh, walk her out to David's car and she's, you know, complaining about Valerie. They get her into the car and Luann, I forget exactly what she says, but she makes a comment about Valerie and Ray. What Do you remember what she says? Yeah, well, I mean, she says something along the lines of like, yeah, you look, he may have slept with her a few times, but I'm not going to let her get her hooks into Ray. Yeah, you know? yeah. And Claire immediately is like... <laughs> Well, they both are. They're both like, yeah. what did you just say? Um, it was a very like. Yeah. And David kind of asked for clarification. He's like, who are you talking about? Yeah. And she's like, Ray and Valerie. <laughs> no question. The two people yep. who should not be together, but they, they are. Shouldn't. They or shouldn't. Were. Although, honestly, maybe they should be together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot more sense than yeah. uh, Donna and, and Ray. Yeah. Over in the Peach Pit, Andrea is there talking to Nat about Boise. Uh, And this is where we learn that there are no medical schools in Boise or all of Idaho. Apparently Apparently not. (laughs) Hey, I I checked and there are. The University of... (laughs) The University of Idaho does have a pre-med program. Such a stupid, (laughs) stupid reason for her. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's pre-internet. I feel like it's just people in a room being like, where probably doesn't have a med school? (laughs) I don't know, Idaho? Boise? Surely there's no medical school there. It's it's one big potato farm. What do they need with a medical school? Just write it down. (laughs) No one's going to check. Well, Andrea says, why should I be a doctor when I can be a potato farmer or a couch potato? Oh, we do like to laugh. (laughs) Over in the Peach Pit After Dark, Val introduces Ray. Ooh, listen, God bless her. (laughs) Tiffany Thiessen, anytime she has to do this kind of thing, she is so bad at it. (laughs) Like she to- she drops all of the Valerie-ness and it's suddenly it's like it's just Kelly from Say by the Val being like, hey, guys, um, yeah. there's a band that's about to play. <laughs> it's like, wh- why can't you do this? It's weird. Hey, we did see Ray playing a guitar in this episode. Yeah, he was just like doing scales and just kind of picking. But yeah. I was like, look, he's touching an instrument. And he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, everyone is vi- the crowd seems ecstatic that Ray is oh back. Gosh, so yeah. The peach, one the peach but after was, dark lives again. They have such a, they have such a, a regular crowd. And they're like that one guy who played here a few times, several months ago. Thank goodness. <laughs> he's back. Uh, Claire and David uh, are coming out of Luann's house. They've dropped her off. It, it was a whole ordeal apparently. Mm-hmm. And David is you know david says should we should we just disregard what she said i mean she was very drunk and uh i forget the latin that claire says which uh, david thinks is french Mm -hmm. um but it translates to in wine there's truth oh in vino veritas yes there it is thank you this is where they both make a big mistake and claire says we're not telling donna Mm. 
which I think, I think that's not good. You think because it's not good? inevitably, she's going to find out and then be like, you knew and didn't tell me? Yes. This, yeah, I know. I had kind of like a moral quandary about this. I'm like, what is the right thing to do? And I feel like an argument could be made if this was some random person and it was like over and done with that maybe you could convince yourself, okay, we should stay out of this. But like, it's somebody who's in your friend group. So it's 100% going to come out. And number two, Valerie is just like a living firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's just like, which Claire knows. Claire has do. not been a Valerie fan for no, such a long hasn't. time. You would she think hasn't. she'd be ready to take her down. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they're just like, no, it's it'll hurt Donna too much. We're not going to yeah. tell. Yeah, right. I know. It's just like, let's let's be accomplices to this. Yeah. Let's make sure when this all explodes that we're collateral damage. Yeah. Over at Dylan's house, uh, Dylan tells Charlie that Valerie isn't coming, which Charlie is very disappointed by because yeah. he says that there would have been three of them. He was mm-hmm. hoping to get something going between the three of them that night. Which... Okay, I mean, Dylan's mostly like, oh, Valerie would never want to sleep with you. And I'm like, but you'd also have to have sex with him. Right, yeah. <laughs> and like, doesn't that feel weird? For, it should. For, just like within the confines of your friendship, it was like his pal Charlie's plan <laughs> was to sleep with his Valerie 45, and Dylan. His 45-year-old friend Charlie's plan. <laughs> right. I, I just like, whatever. But like Dylan doesn't seem to catch up on the fact that he would have been a part of this. Yeah. If my well. friend was like, oh, man, I was hoping we'd get a threesome going. I'd be really like, did you, thinking. were you like wanting to clue me in on right. the threesome that I was supposedly yeah. going to be a part of? Yeah. You'd want to be tipped off, you know? <laughs> Uh, I was really hoping we could find another person and the three of us could do it tonight. <laughs> but I guess we could just watch a movie instead. Well, just watch a movie about people having a yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. And Charlie also tells him in this scene that he clearly still is holding, burning a candle for Kelly and he should go fight for her. Mm. Which Dylan says, nah. 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 I don't think anything could change his mind. Certainly not a past life regression. No. Nothing like that. No, definitely not. (laughs) So stupid. Brandon gets to his hotel room as the phone is ringing, and it's Kelly. He was just at a lecture called Multiculturalism and You. Sounds intriguing. Mm. He immediately can tell that something is wrong, and she tells him about running into Dana and wanting to go see Allison, but she's worried that it's a li- it's too little too late. Like, she hasn't gone to see her, so, you know, she probably hates her now. At the Peach Pit After Dark, um, they're congratulating Ray after a great set. Valerie oh says gosh. he has a new edge to his sound after being sure. on the road. Yeah, uh, a couple nights in Reno will do that to anyone. Valerie wants to I take think. a... I yeah, <laughs> I assume. Valerie wants to take a picture to commemorate the night that he came back. And uh, Nat goes to get his camera. Donna's going to go get dessert. But then Claire and David come in and, you know, say that they dropped Luann off. (laughs) Nat tries to get Claire and David to be in the picture, but they decline. They they take a pass. They take a hard pass there. (laughs) So it's just Ray in the middle, Donna on one side, Valerie on the other side. Giving him kisses, smiling for the camera, and Claire and David are pretty disgusted by mm-hmm. it, so they leave. Claire then tells David, "You have to do something." 
the opposite yeah. of what she just said. Right. And David's like, well, why don't you do something? You live with her. So, but then they go back to, you're right. We can't do anything. <laughs> Nothing can it, be done. It is. All right, I had two thoughts about this scene. The first is that the Claire and David coupling is the least inspired couple we've ever had on the show. <laughs> it's just like, uh, we have two people. We have no storylines for them. Well, yeah. Let's put them together. You yeah. know, and then they broke up and they're like, oh, we don't have anything to do with these people. Put them back together. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's changed. Nothing's different. Nothing's interesting. The second thing, though, is like, don't you think Claire should be the one? I know I that she know. has. The, I know that she has the history with David, but she's also I mean, they have so much baggage about this exact thing. David cheated on her with another woman and then also professed his undying love for her like three episodes ago, which apparently only you and I remember. None of the cast does. <laughs> yeah. But I just think David's baggage and like the, the fact that it's out there that he has feelings for Donna. I just don't think that that could be received well coming from David. I yeah, I, I see why you would say that. I feel like they've been building up. I feel like they've been building back up Donna and David like being close again. Though. Yeah. So yeah, I maybe. feel like it would make sense. Like that whole, you know, the whole thing in Portland and all of that. So I think it would make sense for him to do it. But also, he's right. Like Claire lives with her. They're best friends. Right. I mean, it would make sense for either of them, I yeah. think. Or together. Yeah. Together actually might be the way to go. Have David be there, but have Claire do the lead on it because. There's no baggage between Donna and Claire. You know what I mean? There'd be no reason. I just, I feel like that's the way to go, but. Yeah. You know, I'm not David. They didn't ask us. No. Yeah. Okay. So, oops, sorry. I scrolled down too much. So Kelly goes to the hospital to see Allison. She's in, you know, like a burn recovery ward. Yeah. Quite a hike. It's a long drive out It is a long drive, apparently. She tells the nurse, I'm here to see Allison. And the nurse says, oh, she just woke up. Good timing. Let me go in, see how she is. Tell her who's here. (laughs) This boy with crutches gets off the elevator. And I was like, she's about to have a scene with this little boy with crutches. Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. It was strange. Yeah, I thought we were teeing up some sort of like, she's going to talk to this kid and be like, I should be on Seventeen Magazine or something. Was he a Rosen, do you think? (laughs) Could could have been. Could have been. Maybe. But there, yeah, there was just no reason. It was just like this boy slowly walks in front of her and she's like, what's taking so long? <laughs> yeah, move it, Tiny Tim. Mama's got a schedule. The nurse comes back out and says that Allison isn't available right now. And Kelly's like, well, I'll wait. Like, I drove all this way. And finally, the nurse says she doesn't want to see you. Yeek. Yikes. Hard to hear. So Kelly goes right over to Dana's house. Dana isn't there. Who? What's the... Kate. Kate. Kate is there. The woman who was with her when she saw Dana earlier. Yes. It's a little tense when she is, you know, invited in, sits on the couch. She makes a comment about, you can call me Barbie. Um, what does Kate offer her? She offers her like a a drink or some Valium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little tense at first, but finally, you know, she says, I just went to see Dana or I just went to see Allison. She won't see me. I want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. She learns that Kate and Dana are actually together. She didn't realize. She thought that that Dana and Allison were still together. Mm -hmm. And Kate says, 
Well, they broke up not long after the fire, and it was Allison who broke it off because guess what? Oh. She's into you, Yowza. Kelly. Yowza. Which was a twist. I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, did we know that Allison was a lesbian before the fire? We knew that, right? Because we had seen them, yes. like, walking around the party and stuff. Yeah, because so, she and Dana were kind of fighting that night. And when, when, yeah. when Allison goes off with Kelly to the bathroom, Dana was like, WTF. <laughs> so we did know That's all right. Yeah. So I guess when they were, like, before the fire started, I guess it kind of seemed a little flirty on Allison's yes, part. Yes, I think it was, yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of makes sense. But for her to be... I was going to say carrying a torch, but that seemed kind Yeesh, of... <laughs> too soon, Kendra. I'm sorry. Oh, my god. sorry. Oh, my god. For her to still be into and, like, in love with Kelly yeah. at this point seems, uh, I don't know. I guess Kelly really made an impression. Yeah, well, and then they also went through that thing together, which I think would just stir up some intense emotions anyway. But, yeah, true. You know. Well, Kelly is shocked by this news, as were we all. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ray's You know, hold on. Before we move on from this scene, I looked this up ahead of time so I knew that Karen Rosen, you know, was the writer and everything Mm -hmm. in this. She's been writing on this show for five seasons. I imagine it was like a really surreal experience, like as a writer to suddenly be like in the scene interacting with the character you've been writing for Mm -hmm. so many years. I just thought that was kind of a cool cool. thing, you know, to think about. Anyway, sorry, but Ray's house. Yeah, so we go to Ray's house. And he's outside working on his truck or something. Mm -hmm. And David pulls up to talk with him. Yeah. Ray thanks him for (laughs) for bringing Luann home. David's facial hair is just impossibly thin in this scene. (laughs) It is, yeah. It's almost transparent. (laughs) David tells Ray, very like cool and calm, like not coming in hot or anything. No, he's not. He handles it. Yeah. he, He says he knows about Val, Valerie. And Ray says it was she came on strong one night and it was a yeah. mistake. Yeah. On the one hand, I was kind of like, well, he's, he's like, who told you that? And he was like, you're, you're, you know, your mom's a real chatty drunk. And Ray's like, yeah, that checks out. You know, and he um, he just he does kind of own it. He doesn't say like, no, that's not what happened or anything like that. But he does kind of say it was a one off, you know. Yeah. Uh, she did come on strong. That part is true. <laughs> That's he, true. I mean, he was, yeah. He was more than capable of resisting and chose not to, but she did. She came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just like the song. Yeah. Oh, there's a song? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, David tells him if it happens again, he will tell Donna. With anyone. He's it not going to tell her anyone. now. Anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's watching. Yeah. It's an audio medium. No one saw that thing mm-hmm. I just did with my hands. But we all know. <laughs> Ray then goes in the house and is like, what the heck? Luann? Yeah. And Luann's like, oh. Oops. Uh, <laughs> oops, oops. I did it again. Like the song. Um, it was, I mean, it's a little, I, again, having it be David, I feel like adds a level of grossness where like these two men are kind of just deciding Donna's life for her behind her back. I, one what is else, to be her what else is new I know, it's with just, Donna? Right. It's just, I don't know, something about that scene. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't have thought of it then. But like now it just feels extra gross that they're like, hey, we all care about Donna, but. <laughs> We've all cheated on Donna. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. 
<sighs> okay. At the Peach Pit After Dark, Claire is there to meet with Valerie, who has a new outgoing message. That The outgoing messages are also always bad. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I just don't understand. Would not make me want to go to like, that club. Why? She just plays Valerie. She plays Valerie just like smoldering. Like she is just all the way up on the smolder settings. When it comes to these <laughs> messages or introducing someone, she's just like, ah, oh, hey, this club is uh, is hot and uh, se- sexy. Uh, so come on down. Like, Why? Why can't you do this? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not like these are real life and everything else is the show. I mean, she's still playing Valerie. She yeah. just, it's bizarre. Yeah. Claire is unimpressed with the outgoing message as well and says, it's you that leaves, that leaves me cold. Mm. Mm-hmm. Says, you know, you could, you've got money, you've got this club, you can have any guy you want and you go after Ray and Valerie without missing a beat. No facial expression is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's great she really she lies so hard yeah she does she's like who are you gonna believe some lush or me your friend valerie (laughs) your old pal and i love claire's response i loved this scene this is my favorite scene of the episode because claire's like she's not like she doesn't she's not wavering in her conviction that valerie did this nothing she just kind of looks at her and is like wow you are good at this like she (laughs) you know game respects game because that was kind of claire in season four right Mm -hmm. when when she's like lying to her dad and trying to sleep with brandon at all costs so i kind (laughs) of liked that that claire came back and she was like no 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 like you can can fool these other people but not this lady yep yeah tells tells valerie to stay away from him yeah it's a good scene it's maybe the strongest showing for Claire ever, I want to say. It's it's the best Claire scene we've had in a while. In a long time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. At Jesse and Andrea's, Jesse comes in and Andrea's got a magazine or a book or something about Boise. She's been researching what there is to do there, which is apparently farm. That's all you can do in Boise all or do. all of Idaho is it's be like a farmer. A, it's like a Star Wars planet. If there's snow, there's snow everywhere. You know what I mean? There's one. <laughs> that's it. You get sand, you get snow. And that's Idaho, baby. You go to Idaho, you're going to farm. You're going to farm, you're going to starve. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I feel like it's because that's one of my husband's biggest complaints about Star Wars. It's like, mm. this isn't how planets work. It's not. It makes no sense. Why how do, do you how go do they... to one spot on this planet? Yeah. yeah. That's uh. Idaho. That's Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra's out. God, the rest of this episode is just going to be me solo walking you through. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, all right. I'm all right. Okay. Um, so Jesse, (laughs) (laughs) Jesse tells Andrea that they're not going to Boise after all, because, (laughs) (laughs) because it's all snow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I haven't laughed like this in a really long time. <laughs> There's no medical schools in Boise, so that's not no. why they're not going. None. Which Andrea is very touched that she he is. thought and I, of her. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's good that he thought of her, but I feel like, did he? Because he made a major decision without consulting her. Yeah. Like, he yeah. was offered a job, and he turned it down for her. Okay, but, like, shouldn't she have had a say in that? Yeah. I just feel like these two characters, it seems like it's not going to help anyone for them to just stay in arrested development where like neither one of them can live out their career career goals. They yeah. just have to stay stuck, not thriving and like resenting each other. It's just stupid. And sometimes, I mean, I don't know. I it's it's nice that he thought of her. I feel like if we had had a scene though where they talked about it and she right. was like, "I understand I have to put medical school on hold kind of thing like let her choose that because i mean that's real life you move when your yeah. spouse gets a job that's right i mean that's right. the way it goes yeah um so yeah <laughs> but this is where my note is <laughs> it's like there's no middle school in idaho in all of idaho in all of idaho or the neighboring states nothing <laughs> nothing it's just i think it's also kind of important to remember they're at very different stages, like in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like she is a sophomore and he is like out of. Yeah. Out he's of like ready school. to be an actual. You lawyer. know what I mean? Like yeah. she is a sophomore in college. And he's... I think it, I also think it's kind of crazy that they can't find him a lawyer position in all of LA where yeah. I feel like lawyers must thrive. Yeah. You know, or I, in I know. or in California, a neighboring yeah. city. I don't well, know. I mean, there are so many med schools and every place where there's a med school, they need a lawyer yeah. in that town. You know yeah. what I mean? I, it, this is not an insurmountable problem. And they're just both like, you know what? I'm only going to apply to places without med schools. And then I'm going to turn them down for you, baby. Mm. Okay. At Kelly Donna Claire's. Kelly is on the phone with her mom telling her she's not ready to commit to go with this agent yet. Um, have they always had a fireplace? They've got like a roaring fire in this scene. Huh. I don't remember. And I was like, when did this fireplace show up? Andrea and Jesse's? No, Kelly Donna Claire's. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. Well, there's definitely a fire going. Good for them. In the okay. fireplace. Yeah. yeah, they have a beachfront apartment yeah. with a fireplace. Yeah. I uh, Through the roof, price-wise, I imagine. Infinite number of rooms. <laughs> yeah. The biggest balcony in the world. Yeah. Not yeah. a single one of them has a job. Nope. Great. Um. Okay, so Kelly compl is complaining that her uh, arm is itchy. And Donna says it's because you don't let it breathe. You always have fair. this bandage on. It's a fair point. She gets another phone call and thinks it's Steve calling to say that she needs to be with this agent. But it is Allison. <sighs> so she goes Shot in her... really bizarre lighting. <laughs> Yes, like a like she's a villain in a yeah in a thriller or something. Yeah, I'm like, are you laying on the basement floor and <laughs> just getting a little shadow of light across yeah. your eyes? Very weird. It was, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's to hide her condition, but it 
I didn't work. No, it was. I think a voice only would have been a better option than that. Yeah, yeah. Really weird. It's like for you to picture it. It's like a super dark hospital room, except one lamp shining on her in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're yeah. like coming in from the back, so you can't see her face. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's strange. like she was she was calling from an Alfred Hitchcock movie yeah, from 1949. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So she apologizes for not wanting to see Callie. She said sometimes the pain in her legs is so intense that it's you know hard to She's no fun interact to be around. with people. No fun. Um, she saw the cover that Kelly was on. And she thinks that Kelly should go into modeling because she's beautiful and she shouldn't waste, you know, she shouldn't just sit in that. She should use Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, for sure. She also says that she has no ill will towards her. In fact, it's the opposite. She says she has one more skin graft to go and then she'll be ready to see people. So she wants Kelly to come back to the hospital in a month or so to see her, mm-hmm. to talk about things face to face. Yep. After she gets off the phone, Kelly takes off her arm bandage, which again, just slips right off. There's no yeah. no gauze, no ointment, mm-hmm. nothing. And her, she to, has a perfect hand. Underneath. I was just going to say, to reveal like a catalog ready, perfectly smooth hand. <laughs> yeah. She could be a hand model. She could be she a could. face model. Yeah. She can do it all. Yep. At the Walsh house, um, Cindy and Jim and Brandon are talking about the conference he went to. He says, CU is not the most screwed up school. (laughs) So that's nice. He also makes a comment about tuition hikes, which seemed for, you know, seemed kind of ominous, but I I don't think it'll, like, I don't think that's going to mean anything later. It's just the way they said it sounded like foreboding i know i kind of wondered if that was like a rip from the headlines kind of thing like if that was a discussion that was happening Mm. in the mid 90s Mm. i don't know kelly comes in and there's a stack of magazines her 17 magazine on the table and he says that once the other student body presidents learned that kelly was his girlfriend they wanted autograph copies which feels creepy to me it is it is okay yeah But she sits down and starts signing. Uh, Jim wants a copy, also creepy. And Mm -hmm. Cindy says, oh, and one for Brenda. Oh. It's Brenda. I love a good Brenda reference. We should have a Brenda reference drinking game. We should have been stringing them all together. Yeah. (laughs) But really paint a picture of Brenda's life. Brandon notices that she is not wearing her bandage on her hand. And she Mm. says she doesn't need it anymore. Healed. The end. Physically and emotionally healed. Yep, she's good now. Woo. Uh, 902 and 0 snap. <sighs> um, that Claire Valerie scene. Yep. There was Agreed. a lot of electricity in Agreed. the air during that yep. scene. It was, a, it was a fun scene. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't know that anybody's really stood up to Valerie and then it's, that it like landed. Yeah. You know, people people have stood up to her before and she's just been like, I don't care about you. Yeah. And just kind of like, that's it. Yeah. But this, I felt like she was kind of like, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. That's how it is. You know. So yeah, yeah I, I agree. Verdict on the episode. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. I think we're, you know, some things are in play now. Mm-hmm. I think we're building to, we've only got four episodes left until yeah. we're done with this season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 
I'm in- I'm very interested to see exciting I, times. I hope it's the end for Ray. I hope he's not coming back <laughs> in season six. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Time okay. will tell. All right. Yeah, I agree. I I liked it. I I liked that. Um, you know, anytime we have this where it's like we're reintroducing storylines that we kind of put on the back burner for several episodes. There's always a little bit of a clunkiness to it of Mm -hmm. like, Oh, of course we still care about this. And I think there was some of that here, but I feel like overall it, uh, you know, it moved the plot line for everybody forward a little bit and seemed like we're heading in a good direction. I I still don't really understand having Andrea and Jesse just stuck in their own boring spinoff, but whatevs. Yeah. I actually, when this whole Kelly storyline was happening, I didn't remember if the photo shoot even happened because remember they were supposed to do it. Yeah. Um, and then there were protests or something on campus. Right. I know. So they couldn't do it. So I didn't even remember if it had actually, if it had actually taken place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she opened the thing, I was like, Oh, the cover. It Here happens. it is. 17. Yeah. 17 magazine. Hey, okay. did I ever post the picture of me in that magazine <gasps> you sent it to me but i don't think you posted it I'll you gotta to put it out it. there you do this you is need the to time put it out there. yeah i, I was, found the magazine i was in i was not i've never been in a magazine <laughs> it I'm was a little magazine that was for teens of military people living on a, a niche crowd tiny little island so it's a niche crowd yeah it was it's probably there, seen by like 10 people but. were there any med schools on that island or did they not mm, you know you didn't have any no there have any? i i don't think med schools okay you know. okay well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, boy, Kendra, you know, every other week you can catch me on this Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. And since we already mentioned it earlier, I also host House Things for the David A. Howe Public Library. Yeah, you do. So you, you can find that wherever you get your podcast. That's that's my day job. What about you, Kendra? What are you doing? Uh, well, I am Miss Musebox91 on Twitter, and I yeah. have a Etsy page and website, Miss Musebox Crafts, and I am the co-host of... 90s music got me like where each week we talk about a different 90s song and coming up we're going to be talking about kiss me by sixpence none the richer oh boy which that i was know like... i mentioned last week but we skipped a week so yes we're really doing it this time and it that was that's so like high school for me yeah. i remember so clearly when that song came i out. mean it's elementary school for me but <laughs> sure sure that makes sense that makes sense hey that's, yeah I was going to say, you and I are, we're doing a, a thing. We sure are. That, we Is sure that are. what you were going to say? Did I, I was going to, yeah. Because okay. no, we, we already mentioned, it. we already mentioned a few other shows on the network. Kendra and I are going to be doing a bit of a crossover with previously on X-Men. Uh, Eric and Hillary are going to be looking at Generation X, which was a, basically a failed pilot for a, a 90s teen soap take on the X-Men, uh, the Generation X comic series aired in 96. And so uh, we're going to watch it with them and give it kind of the, the 90210 spin rundown on it. So, Well, I have only, I know nothing about it except for your your wife sent me the link and just yes. like the picture on the YouTube video. I'm like, oh man, this is... Yeah. It's going to be fun yep, to yep. watch. I think it will. I've read the gener- like the, the 90s Generation X comics, so I kind of know, but I've never seen this. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't remember it coming out, so I'm excited to watch it. So that's what we're going to be doing next. But our next episode of uh, 902 and 0 we're going to be covering is, oh, the dreaded Season 5, Episode 29, The Real McCoy. Here we go. So have a good time with that. I'm so have excited. Have a good time with that. <laughs> All right, Kendra. Would you like to close us out today? 902 and here we go. Woo!